Welcome to Politics Done Right. My name is Egberto Willis, your host. Good morning, Houston. Good morning, Harris County. Good morning. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Good morning to the great state of Texas. Good morning to the United States of America. Good morning to the world. Of course, good morning to every corner of the globe that, well, actually, to every corner of the U.S. where our 100,000 watt transmitter penetrates parts of Louisiana, all East Texas, etc., 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 and of course, to the world. Hey, guys, welcome aboard Barcelona, Spain. Etc. But I'm sure that today, Brother Howard is going to come up with another part of the world that I didn't even think about through our internet and wherever we go. Good morning, studio. How are you guys doing, Howard and Jack? Hey, uh, Howard's missing. He's missing. I don't know where he's, he is. He's <laughs> MIA. He's MIA. No, he's out. He's out uh, shooting some film. Oh, okay, okay. See, folks, we do so many different things all at the same time. Isn't that great? Anyway, Brother Jack, what is the word of the day? I know you have something special for us today. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yesterday, I got I got labeled a propagandist. You propagandist, you? And and I've never been so proud in my life. So anyway, like I said, I'm probably more of a muckraker than a propagandist. So so here it goes. Here's some more muck. When you ask what's happened to government and what's going on with business and how it uh, is getting together to fleece the people, it's what what has happened is the corporate elites have become so rich under neoliberal economic policies, their wealth, power, and profitability, excuse the expression, trumps a state's budget and even a nation's budget. The Supreme Court is in the back pockets of the said elites via the money equals free speech decisions made by the Supreme Court, corrupting the body politic with legalized bribery, meaning the politicians are for sale. All this is the effects of unregulated, unfettered capitalism. Admit it, we as a nation have simply let it get away from us. Democracy. 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 We are one step away from authoritarian rule. Some people think it's funny. I don't. Some people have drank too much of the Kool-Aid and think authoritarian rule would be a good thing. May I remind you of just about every story you've heard about dictators who rule with an iron grip and at the throats of the people while he opens up the country to be looted by the corporate elites and receives very nice compensation, few mansions, few yachts, and some place to go when his luck runs out. Standard operating procedures for the corporations. Corporations love doing business with dictators. 
Yeah, man, you nailed it, you know, and you know why they like to do business with dictators? Because uh, you don't go ahead. Yeah. They don't have to help the people. They don't have to put in education. They don't right. have to take care of the people. The 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 dictator suppresses the people and he gets rich. You know, it, it is amazing. There's so much that could have been solved with democracy, but just because we like our, our the elite in our country like what was going on in other places, things went downhill, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I mean, if people study things like the history of Cuba, the history of Venezuela, the history of all these other places, right? There are two histories. There is the yes. Uh, there's a democracy, American history, and these people who take over, who are Marxists and communists, and they, they're dictators, etc. But they don't tell you the other side of the story, you know, uh, the other side of the Cuba story, where Cuba was the playground of the very wealthy and the mass of the population, specifically the uh, POC mass of the population were living as paupers as they served this great elite that was just elite because of who they are. They don't tell you about Venezuela, the country that's living on top of a pool of oil, a country that each individual citizen should be rich if they were treated like any other. I mean, if we take a look at Norway, why Norway has done so well with the North Sea oil and the, the country benefits from the natural resources of that 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 country whereas in 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 venezuela the people who we use the kind of american model that even affects us here in the united states we don't take a look at these things that affect the wealth of the people in the country we take a look at america yes america is a wealthy country based on its productivity and based on what it can do but it's so much the individual in america the average individual should be so much richer but the way we think of the way we were taught to think makes us enslaved poor even those who think they have have so little as an example we take a look at our natural resources america probably only second to I don't know, maybe Africa and, and Venezuela uh, are, are some of the most resource, I mean, most mineral rich countries around the world. And the thing about it is based on how our economic system works, uh, corporations are allowed to exploit these riches. They were allowed to cut down the entire forest, the great, huge forest that we had in America, cut it down and a few profited from it. Yes, the workers got paid, but the but the corporatists made the profits on the back of those employers and gave nothing back. We look at the resources in our ground, the oil, the the natural gas, all these things that belong to us all. That should belong to us all. If it's on your land where you have mineral rights, you get a tad bit of royalty. But if it's the corporation who's digging that oil, exploding that oil, exploiting that oil. Good morning, Texas Blue Bonnet. Uh, she says, good morning, KPFT guys. By the way, Jack, we love your propagandist or muckraker guy that you may be labeled. Yes, we do. So it's so it so happened, folks, that if we just for one second got what really is our birthright. It would be interesting. And my brother, Hermano Gonzalo from Cuba is here. 
And I know he's going to have another side of the story. Come on in, Gonzalo. Good morning, my brother. Talk to me. Yes, good morning, Alberto. How are you today? I am doing fine, my brother. Talk to me. Yeah, uh, well, the inspiration to call you is because you talk about Cuba and Venezuela. And I'm going to talk about Venezuela because I haven't been in Venezuela. I know people from Venezuela. I've heard their stories. Uh, but I, I haven't been there. So I would like to have your uh, take on Panama after Noriega. What is Panama now? Because uh, I mean, you, I have never heard you talking about Panama, this situation, if that would okay. have been better with Noriega or whatever. Uh, I don't know anything about politics in Panama. I okay, I'll tell you. I know you know about Cuba, and I know that you probably took a bit of exceptions with <laughs> some of the stuff I said about Cuba, yeah, which is okay. I mean, my take, my take, and it's a personal history uh, mm -hmm. of uh, immigrants from my grandparents to my dad, who was born and raised in Cuba in the capital. Mm -hmm. Havana. Capitalism that Fidel Castro said it was bad because there were inequalities, uh, but he never uh, put the word prosperity into perspective. Mm -hmm. And I think Fidel Castro, in a way, did what other people in the 60s didn't do. That's why he was like an international well-known leader, and he uh, politicized the, the world with his propaganda. Because uh, I heard Jack uh, saying the word propaganda, and it it worked effectively. Uh, but you know what? At the cost of the Cuban people, and uh, I said the word prosperity, and we put first in first into perspective perspective sixty five years of uh, gastroism because uh, now his brother has taken over because of personal decisions. There's no uh, uh, political democracy. It's just um, you are the one who's going to take over, like uh, Chavez did with uh, Maduro. And uh, all the powers and all the uh, political system that was created by the people, let's say that way, uh, was taken away. And uh, I would say, why? Do not leave. Do not leave the option to people to decide whether to go uh, like Puerto Rico, a free, or uh, another uh, part of the U.S., or uh, continue independent uh, and being an independent nation with poverty and without prosperity. And the facts are there. How many Cubans are in exile? You name it. How many Venezuelans? And uh, my question to you and to the audience is, when a country is so prosperous and the government is so good, nobody thinks about immigrating. Uh, nobody thinks about migrating because there's no reason why. So I just let you with those uh, Thoughts, and uh, I want the audience to take uh, 
talk. Uh, I know uh, other people have different points of view, and I respect them. In the same way, I love people like Joe and people like uh, the mayor of uh, politics done right to give their take on different uh, points. Thank you very much. Okay, Gonzalo, don't uh, do you have to go? No, Let, no, no. That's okay, fine. let me, okay, let me let me answer you. Let me answer you, and because I'm glad you brought this up, and and the reason I wanted you to say, complete your thought. Uh, is because, yes, we need the audience to understand this because we are told so much here in America. We were told so much in Cuba, Panama and Venezuela. OK, and uh, the, the overbearing uh, notion here is speak loud. I mean, uh, speak softly and carry a big stick. And also the theory of uh, I don't uh, uh, manifest destiny. All these things tie into what I'm going to uh, how I'm going to respond. But specifically. Uh, I'm going to start with Cuba. There's a perspective that Cuban exiles have, and I I understand it. I genuinely understand it. Okay. In other words, if in Cuba you were doing fairly well during Batista, and here comes Castro with a, uh, and here comes Castro with it wasn't going to be communism first. Okay, but. It, let's say here comes Castro to move that country that was the playground of the United States into a more democratic system. For those people who were doing fairly well under the Batista regime and that flew like hell out of there quickly because their privilege was pretty much go, getting away, I honestly can see the perspective. But let me give you my perspective now with respect to the people in Cuba as a as a black Caribbean Latino brother. This is my, my, what I feel is I remember if we can start from uh, even though Celia Cruz was an exile and she saw things a certain way because she was an elite, uh, an elite POC exile who partook of the the playground, if you will, because she was a singer, well paid, well liked. But most of the people who looked like me were sweeping floors, cleaning the hotel rooms and doing all these things with absolutely no upward mobility. After Castro, if you take a look at who are the engineers, teachers, lawyers, doctors, etc., because of the, the, the demographics of the population in Cuba, many of those people now look like me. Now, where we come about the prosperity issue is an interesting thing because we can get the semblance of prosperity or we can get reality, right? And what happened to Cuba? In order to penalize Cuba, just like Haiti, Haiti was penalized. Let's, let's, let's pause Cuba for a little bit and jump to Haiti. You look at Haiti, you look at a, a country that is the first black liberated country in this hemisphere. The first one that did ask for their liberation, but took their liberation from the French, right? Toussaint Lavatour. And what happened? The Western world came up against Toussaint Lavatour and the, the, the Haitians and said, you guys were property 
The land is property. Since you kicked us out of here, if you want to partake in the world economy, which there were some necessities, you will have to pay for having not been slaves anymore. And that put that country forever, forever into a depressed state, a depressed economic state because of them having to pay the master who enslaved them to maintain their liberty. Let's jump back to Cuba now. The same yeah, with Cuba. Uh, I mean, Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Paradoxically, Haiti, uh, uh, as you said, with Saint Louverture, uh, uh, um, was the first country who revolted against the, the colonial uh, colonialism. Uh, yes, and uh, liberate. Um, they tried to liberate themselves, and actually, most of the colonos uh, from Haiti migrated to Cuba because. Hmm. In Cuba, uh, the criollos or the Creole people who were right. mixed from Spanish and mm -hmm. uh, uh, local people, white people, uh, they uh, started another revolution and they thought differently because they, uh, with the experience of Haiti, they say, why don't we take these people as allies? And then you have in the history people like Antonio Mateo, who was a mulatto. Mix, mm -hmm. Including Batista was a mulatto. Including Batista. Yeah, but that came later on. But right. the history of Cuba is still full of uh, people who they are living um, uh, equal race. But they are racist, and including Fidel Castro. And I agree. Castro. And I agree. Numbers. Uh, if you see the nomenclatura of Cuba nowadays, how many black people, black people descending really from Afro-America? Mm, Afro no, no, Afro, no, no, Afro, no, like from the, the yeah, yes. Let me explain that. You're uh, correct. Estás correcto. Two, no, two not, if not three. At the top leadership, the rest, right. including the military uh, top, uh, probably there are four. Uh, but you know, it, uh, it during the sixty-five years of uh, Cuban re revolutionary uh, period, uh, there have been uh, little instances in which they put in practice what they uh, preach. That they say, okay, everybody's equal. I have never seen that equality. No doubt. Let me tell you about. Está bien, hermano. Déjame terminar. You're, I, I, I do not, I do not disagree with you there at all because Castro again was from the ruling class. Remember that he was a ruling class, but a rebel. El señor Castro was, and uh, but but my my point is, and uh, my my point is not that uh, you still didn't have racism in Cuba, because you still have racism in Cuba today. Of course, Latinos don't like to talk about race a whole lot, but we know that it's there. Uh, so it, in Cuba, you did have the, you, you, you still have that, but there is still the upward mobility right in the ranks of engineering, medicine, and all these places where these people, like I said, 
I, I had, you know, um, I had friends in Panama whose relatives were in Cuba. I didn't have any relatives that I know of in Cuba, but, um, but uh, whose friends are in Cuba who, you know, upward mobility is there. But the stifling of the Cuban economy was not because of just uh, Cuba and, and whatever economic system they, they attempted to build, but it was the embargoing of America from Cuba's inception. It never gave itself, gave Cuba a chance to grow, just like it never gave Haiti, France, and other Western countries, didn't give Haiti a chance to grow. And jumping all the way down south to Venezuela, which is a superbly rich country controlled by the oligarch in their own countries and American government, well, I mean, American, not American government, American corporations, never gave the people a chance. But the elites in that country, who has the media, who has all these things, can promote the story that somehow, the poverty that has existed in Venezuela, even under Carlos Andres Perez, remain and has always been there with a country that is very rich. I'm, my, my thing is, I wish better history was told so that we don't fall for it because it's ha- it, the, the, same, the, the same demise that's happening to people in these Latin American countries is what we are going to is what we are starting to experience with our uh, income and wealth disparity here that I preach about. And I just wish we could tell the full story uh, uh, here. But Gonzalo, um, look, thank you for, well, for just the, the last word. The last yes. word. Uh, it's just to make you think about, you know, my ancestors came from Spain uh-huh. after World War One mm-hmm. because Spain was in poverty. Right. Uh, so Europe. And many immigrants came to America, not only right. from Spain, but right. from the rest of the world, specifically to Europe. Uh, I'm telling you, I mean, the way I see history is with facts. So how many Cubans are in exile now? How many Venezuelans are uh, uh, in exile now? Do you think history is written in the correct way people should have remained there because the uh, the way history is portrayed. I mean, if no. you see a history book written uh-huh. by uh, the, the people who are in Cuba, the history is perfect. But the reality is totally absolutely. Different. You're look again, brother, hermano, hermano. I, we don't disagree on most of that, but I think I, I need to leave. I, I need to. I need you to take a look at this yeah. story. Remember, please, the influence of. What the countries that 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 embargoed a a Haiti, a Venezuela, and a Cuba, what it does to an economy from doing that, it prevents its growth. And when you talk about the exiles, of course, the people who have the mobility to be exiled, either with their wherewithal to walk three thousand miles, or if they have the income that makes them leave. But Gonzalo, hablamos otro otro tiempo. We'll finish this talk okay. another time, Thank so I can go to Joe. Thank you very much for your time. Thank, Thank you. you very much for your your commentary, sir. Let's go to Joe. Come on in, Joe. Joe, you're on. Are you there, Joe? Ten, nine, eight. All right, Joe. I don't hear you anymore. I called back if you want to get on, Joe, because we can't hear you. All right, let's go to Augie. Come on in, Augie. Hey, hey good morning. Yeah, good morning, sir. Uh, to you all. And uh, yeah, I was thinking about, uh, you said 55 years of Castroism. It was 55 years, of, like you said, of embargoes. 
Yeah. But, uh, and it was the people that kicked out Batista. It wasn't Fidel. He couldn't mm-hmm. have done it by himself. It was the people that kicked him out. Even Batista's soldiers didn't fight for Batista. Uh, they put down their arms and went with the people to kick out Batista. Yeah. And, uh, and it was the American embargo that has made it so bad. It wasn't the Castroism. And, uh, Cuba sent uh, medical aid to Africa, African countries. Uh, what did the United States send to Africa? Munitions, weapons, military trainers. Uh, they're not sending uh, no medical help to any African country that I know of. No, I mean, when, remember Angola, when Cuba sent a whole lot of folks to Angola as far as, and even even the issues that we had in Grenada and so forth, where they've sent doctors and all of that, you know, because again, they, they, they are, that's one country that was able to do a whole lot with a little. Now they're, they have a lot of problems like Gonzalo is correct about that. And they still have a few, they, not, they, they still have race, racial issues, not like the United States, but they still have it. When Gonzalo says that, look at the top echelon in Cuba, you only have a few black folks in, in he's correct. But I can also just reflect that right back to the United States. That's how we look as well. <laughs> you know? But anyway, continue, Augie. And uh, they even sent help to our 911 responders. The only place our emergency responders could get any help was Cuba. They didn't get any help from the United States in their own country. And, uh, and the Venezuelans, uh, they had sanctions that the United States put on them. And that's why they're here in, uh, they're here in the Houston area. Yeah. Katie, they got some Venezuelans. They call it uh, Katie Suela. Now, <laughs> I didn't, Katie. I didn't know that. I didn't know that, but I do. I, I have yeah. friends from Venezuela, both in my part of town and the southern part of town. But I tell you one thing, Augie, because I, you know, I have, I am, I'm, I'm very, uh, I, I am cognizant to my Venezuelan friends here who absolutely hate Maduro. I think Maduro is a piece of crap. Personally, that's what I think, right? But he's a, he, 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 is, he was manufactured by, by the, the oligarchy, the oligarchic system, just like, I, I actually, though, I did like, um, I did like, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, uh, the form, the guy before Maduro, um, uh, you know who I'm talking about. Anyway, uh, because when he when he was talking about uh, creating los estados los estados bolivianos, in other words, he was going to create a southern United States in effect with Brazil and Argentina and Chile and so forth. And what I liked about and and they were all when petrodollars were huge, they were all using him as a bank. Okay, a lot of people don't know that, you know, they, they but of course, the United States squashed that you'll never hear about these these things because all these things happened behind the scenes. Uh, he was getting too strong. Uh, come on. What's his name? The, the dictator of Venezuela before uh, before Maduro. Uh, you know who I mean? Come on. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I can't. There are so many dictators. <laughs> Yeah. Central no, but that, that just died. Man, I don't know. I, I'm in a brain freeze right now. But anyway, I'll get to it another time. But anyway, uh, uh, okay, I need to go to Sharon. Anything else you want to say before I get out? Um, yeah, there was. When did you leave Panama? I left Panama in 1979. Okay, I was a kid. Well, I was a kid, man. Yeah, the School of America left Panama in 84. 
Well, the, they the left right. I, I, I went to the School of Americas. Not, I didn't mean at 10, but it was right there in Fort, I think it was either Fort Davis or Fort Gulick, right there near the, cha- the, the, uh, the canal, right? So, I mean, we would go there. Yeah. My, I had, wow. At 16, we had a band. And we would go on to the bar- into the barracks and play for the GIs and make money and all that kind of stuff. Those were, you know, the American GIs were, they paid very, very well compared to, you know, the little party places in Cologne. So we kind of like playing on, on, on base. Yeah, that's one good thing about GIs, wherever they go around the world, they always help out. Even Vietnam, they, they took care of those little kids. And, uh, oh, yeah. Almost, and in Korea... Yeah, some of them even adopted some kids in Korea. The GIs were stars. When they go into Cologne, they got all the women. That's all I want to say. The GIs would come to Panama, yeah. go into star. All these women saw visas to the United States of America. <laughs> anyway, Augie, thank, thank you very much, hermano. Thanks. All right, bye-bye. All right. Let's go to Sharon. Come on in, Sharon. Yes, sir. Good morning, my brother. How are you? I'm doing fine. Talk to me, my brother. Yeah, I just want to touch on that Cuban thing because I've lived in Miami since 1992. I've been in America over 30 years. And I can tell you some of the, the most racist people I've come across are Cubans. Mm-hmm. Now, I live in Houston and Cubans are some of the most racist people. Mm-hmm. Now, if you go to Miami, you have a community called Hialeah. Yes, I know. Yeah. No, no black people can go there and live because the Cubans won't allow you. Now, now, take a look at Ted Cruz, Cuban, racist. Look at Chief Abido. He went to Miami. Miami. He's of Cuban because he's of Cuban descent, but he's all American. They kicked him out. Let, let, let me just tell you this, uh, Sharon. This, uh, I, I'm glad you mentioned that, right? And let me tell you why I'm glad you mentioned that. And I think uh, Gonzalo can attest to this. Gonzalo is from Spain, from what he just told us, which means Gonzalo is a white guy, but Gonzalo is a good guy, right? He's a, but what you find, and I think Gonzalo will admit this as well, is the first flock of Cubans that came were exactly the white Cubans that suffered the same disease that a, as a particular portion of America suffered as well. Okay. So they came over here. They were, they were hauling, you know what, out of Cuba because Cuba was going to be a place now where under Castro, you are going to get uh, people like me, people like you that now were engineers, lawyers, and doctors. They could have that. And when you talk about Ailea and some of these places where, yes, there, uh, uh, there is a higher degree of racism there, that is what you will find. Of course, racism is a stupid thing, but that goes beyond the point. So understood. And those are the things that I like to talk about when I talk about even Venezuela, uh, you know, uh, uh, as far as the people who make it away from Venezuela to the United States, right? There are a lot of these issues there as well. So. Um, and, 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 and who actually benefits from the resources of the country. So all of that dynamic played out under the, uh, I mean, when we play that dynamic out through the eyes of the people who write in America, et cetera, 
it makes a huge difference. And you pointing that out was, uh, uh, it's actually pretty important. Um, uh, add another side to the equation, Sharon. So thank you so kindly for calling in, my brother. You're welcome, sir. Have a great day. You have a great day. All right, let's go to TAG. Uh, and I, I want to get to a little piece of my story uh, of my, you know, uh, let me hold on, TAG. Let me just say this to the audience. Please go to politicsunright.com slash newsletter. I had four topics for the day. And as usual, Jack starts something off that gets me into talking about a narrative, gets the people that are listening to call in. And therefore, since this show belongs to all of you, I just put what I came to talk about on the back burner. So let me tell you what I came to talk about this morning. One, uh, MTP, um, um, uh, Kristen Welker exposed Governor Sununu on Meet the Press where he points out that Donald Trump is really a terrible person, a dictator, but he'll still vote for him. Uh, the second topic was about Trump's mental decline, and we gave examples and videos, etc. The third topic was political deep fake, which is something that happened in New Hampshire with a voice that sounds like, uh, like, like uh, Biden instructing people to do the wrong thing. And in voting. And what I want to talk about that, and I'll probably pick this up another day, is how we as voters have got to smarten up, toughen up, because there's a lot of games, especially with AI, that's going to be played in all these elections that will make things quite interesting. We want to talk about that. Some, we have time to talk about that some other day. And the last thing that I do want to get to today uh, before I close is progressive lawmakers unveil bill to attack disease of corporate greed. But let's go to TAC. TAC, come on in. How are you doing, my brother? Good, thanks, Egberto. Good day. Good to hear you on the air. Um, I just wanted to say quickly uh, about uh, a lot of rehash about history, what's happened in Cuba, what's happened in um, you know, Venezuela. Mm -hmm. Talk about what's happening right now in Ecuador, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, Look. and and so so and, and this is the same thing that's happened in all these other countries, and we just fail to acknowledge it that entities get involved in these countries, create a bunch of violence, and then they they have mass migrations of people coming here, and yeah. and I'm Cuba has done it, everybody's done it, um, but now it's happening in Ecuador, and we and, never really. Ooh. And Guatemala. I don't know. We don't. Did you know that Guatemala just almost had a coup of the newly elected president like occurred here in the United States? Nobody knows it here because we don't talk about it. But continue, Tech. Well, in, in the bottom line is, is that when these things happen, these people are, are so uh, abused that that they walk 3000 miles through the Darien Gap and whatever to get here. And and. Um, it's it's not because of Democrats. Everybody's blaming the Democrats for these people coming to the border and asking for asylum. It's it's not the, the Democrats' fault. It's it's the fault of the people who are causing the violence in these countries. Or, right, and that's uh, what we need to boil it down to and look at. Tag, I can't oh, agree yeah. with you more. And and let me just say this, Tag. That's why I try. You know, when Gonzalo started to tell the story, and 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 Sharon tells the story. I want people to articulate things so that we can not just cover it with a little half a story that you'll get on the six o'clock news or five thirty news or something like that. I want people to kind of understand concepts that they're not going to hear in the mainstream media, etc. So look, thank you for bringing that up. Thank you for bringing up Ecuador, which caused me to bring up Guatemala. 
and other things. Anyway, Tag, I got to go to Elan. Elan, anything else to close real quick? No, I just hope we look at current events and then understand why things are happening to our country and not blame it on Democrats. <laughs> Thank you, brother. You are absolutely right, brother. Thanks, uh, brother. See you soon. All right. All right. Let's go to Elan Elan. Before Elan, uh, Tag says something important. Let's look at current events. Very important that we look at current events, what's going on in Ecuador, what's going on in Chile, what's going on in, 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 in Guatemala, etc. But a lot of this have the genesis and things that we've done in the past, mostly at the auspices of our corporate state and what corporations to go ahead and do overseas that you will never, ever see in our news media. Ilan, Ilan, talk to me, my brother. Yeah, thank you uh, for mentioning uh, Hugo Chavez. And, Hugo uh, Chavez, yes, that's who I meant, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Castro and how it all started in uh, Haiti. But uh, I have uh, to uh, interject something I learned recently. It's a more serious threat than anything I've heard of yet to the United States. Let me hear it, brother. Well, under the radar, our media at all levels, principally TV, radio, increasingly social media, where most people get their news these days, uh, is being decimated by a small group of profiteers running hedge funds. They buy control of a news media and proceed to sell off parts of it while laying off firing the majority of employees, many once dependable daily papers and TV uh, stations now have no reporters. So uh, stock shareholders are given increased profits while the publications no longer attractive to readers or listeners fall to fail to sustain uh, the overhead, you know, they're driven into bankruptcy. Right. So all of America, these hedge, hedge fund predators mm-hmm. conspiring to rob our country of the liberal press and uh, reporters. I mean, Elon. freedom ex- where there's four powers, administrative, executive, and judicial government uh, branches looked over by a free press. Okay, Elon. Elon, we're going to be running out of time, and I want to get something in here because you brought up a very important issue. And by the way, Aroldo Luna wants me to remind people that the voting percentage in Venezuela is much higher than the voting percentage in the United States. But anyway, let let me get something here with regards to with regards to what you just said. It is true. All your newspapers, if you look at Kingwood, uh, Katie, and notice who owns the local paper that once used to be independent in these little communities right here in Kingwood. The Kingwood Observer is no longer the Kingwood Observer as we knew it, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Yes, it is all capitalized. That is the word that you want to use. All of these are all of these papers are capitalized. We are capitalizing every aspect of our existence. Medicine, that's why you see all these, uh, all these little emergency rooms popping up all over. Uh, these, th- these organizations, these funds that 
Elan Elan is speaking about corporate fund, I mean, uh, uh, stock funds and uh, equity funds, etc. They are capitalizing everything in our society. Say that again. The hedge funds, right? Hedge funds, yeah. They are capitalizing everything, meaning turning every piece of our life into a piece of paper that they can sell and exchange on the stock market. That's who we have become. All right. And they're doing it in every aspect of our life. And what that means is the only goal of any service has become capital, uh, making a profit on capital and not serving. In, in any respect, what needs to be done. Folks, you have to understand what is going on in the country. And Ilan is right. The problem that, that makes what Ilan is saying is more odious is that that means that we cannot easily inform people about what is actually happening. Because if you take a look at the Baltimore Sun being taken over last week, where the guy says, I don't like what you guys are doing. Now go make me some money. That's what the new buyer of the Baltimore Sun said. Hey, Ilan, I got to let you go. All our lines are filled up and I want to give everybody a chance to talk. Okay. That was very important information that you brought. Thank you, brother. All right. Let's go to, I think it's uh, Donald. I'm not Johnny up first, then Donald. Johnny, come on in. You're on, Johnny. Oh, okay. Uh, the one thing I like about your program, and you specifically, is that you have evolved your politics done right to be more, uh, should I say, multifaceted in the way that Richard Wolf's economic update uh, interfaces with politics, because politics and finance and economic inequity and distribution, they're inseparable. They are intertwined. Exactly. Right. And I think on some subliminal level or conscious level, you have come to realize that you can't have a program like either Richard's program or your program unless you guys delve into both at the same time. And you've done that very well. So I, I appreciate that. You on that. I haven't done that already. Uh, when it comes to places like Guatemala or where you come from, all these countries south of the border, they have been influenced ungodly by our predatory uh, uh, corporate infrastructure. We take our people over there, and with the gumbo diplomacy that we use, according to descriptions by uh, John Perkins in his book, Econom- uh, uh, Confessions of an Economic Hitman, here I go again plugging that book, but it's true. We can't escape that reality. Yeah, lots of people. We, we make war on everybody. We show up everywhere where we're not invited. Right. <laughs> and the poor soldiers, some of them commit atrocities, but a lot of them are good-hearted, and they see what's going on. And that's why when they come back, they're broken. Their spirit is broken, and they don't want to talk about it. We see this over and over and over again. So politics done, politics done right addresses these issues in a way, in an indirect way. And so I, I, I look, Johnny, I, I need to go to other callers, but I want to tell you, I want to thank you so kindly for point for uh, uh, pointing out what I'm trying to do here, because pol- politics is only loved and people engage in it if they actually see how it affects their lives proper. And that and, and that means water. That means oil. That means your food. That means your hospital. That means everything. So thank you for acknowledge, I mean, pointing out that that's what I'm doing. I need to run to Donald, who's been waiting for eight minutes, and then Melissa, then Joni. So I got to uh, run, run, Johnny. Thank you, brother. Peace. Uh, Donald, come on in, man. 
Good morning, Alberto. Anita, Good morning, my brother. How you Friday. doing? Anita, I apologize for Friday. It's Alberto's fault. He said he wanted women callers, and I just know how to excite people in certain ways. <laughs> you are a but terrible I, person. No, actually, I, actually, Donald, 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 wait. Donald, hold on. Donald, hold a second. <laughs> I want to thank you for starting the program by apologizing to Anita because that shows that you're a real man, brother. Anyway, continue. But I also want to hear more about her human rights project, and I'd love for you to have her on and call in or whatever it is that excites her. But I love that she got fired up enough to call in. And, well, thank and the guy that's after you, uh, what is it, Steve Artisan? Yeah. <laughs> thank you, brother. I read a letter yesterday. I appreciate what you guys do. Don't change. If somebody calls in, you're doing something right. So keep the fires burning and keep doing what you're doing. Thank you very Th much. Thank you, Donald. You have a wonderful day. Let's go to uh, Melissa. Melissa, how you doing, my dear? Hermosa. Good morning. Good morning, Houston. Good morning. Um, I'm going to make it quick. Um, thank you, Johnny. He um, definitely um, touched on my point, but I called because I couldn't let that other caller get away and say this is not a Democrat uh, issue. Um, I'm going to say that in, uh, in all of these countries, we go pushing the, demo the, the democracy policies and that and with the hope that democracy will elevate your company country and then when we get in there we disturb everything create unrest and then let it go completely in over here so i wanted to say that point um but johnny cleared it for me so i can like digress <laughs> thank you uh, thank you melissa before you go though real quick before you go I do, I do think what Tag was saying is that uh, the, the fault of these things are not the Democratic Party. I think right, I, I not think Democrats like me and you were born on the cloth of not that right, kind of way. Right, right. Like a, like a, you, you know what I'm saying. You yeah, I, do, I, I got you. I got you. But look, thank you so kindly, Melissa, for calling in. We'll talk. I'll check yeah. you out at three if you show up. All right. Take care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Let's go to Joni. Come on in, Joni. Hi, good, good morning, Alberto. Good morning. How are you doing, my friend? I am doing well. I just wanted to I, I get in on uh, after the conversations already started um, is when I'm headed to work. So, um, but I did catch something about the media um, and how, you know, um, what I what I perceive is even the mainstream or even the, the more progressive media sometimes has given uh, Trump a break, like, Nobody is screaming to the top of their lungs that he said that, you know, Ted Cruz had cheated, uh, you know, early on and, you know, in his um, original bid for president, you know, that Ted Cruz, because Ted Cruz won, um, I think, in Iowa, uh, mm -hmm. that Ted Cruz had cheated. He always, if he loses, he's, you know, somebody's cheated. And the reason he gets that break, I was laying, there's the things that go through my head when I'm laying there trying to go to sleep at night. Um, I think he gets a break because Trump, that is. Because he um, represents from the 70s, late 70s, early 80s, he represents. He's the poster child for what a capitalist system wants everybody to want. He uh, you nailed it, Jody. Uh, you know, uh, green consumer, hedonistic, um, hedonistic um, consumer, and that's they want everybody to want to be that because they can't 
sell as much stuff if people are thinking and trying to be conscious and trying to be, uh, you know, a part of a community. So anyway, I just think that's why he gets such a break. Johnny, don't leave yet. Don't leave yet. Don't leave yet. Listen, young lady, you nailed it. Trump is the is the embodiment of this capitalist structure. He's the embodiment. You do nothing. You make your wealth off the back and deception of others. You, I mean, you nailed it so tightly that you got me excited in my chair here. Because for everybody who's asking, why do they let him get away with it? Because if you, if you, if you stop him, which he's an excess, right? He just comes out and do what these other guys in corporate America are doing with civility. He has no civility, but to cripple him, cripple them. You nailed it. Emotionally, he's a three-year-old. I, I've taught three-year-olds before. Emotionally, yeah. he is a three-year-old. He, if if he loses, somebody's cheated. Um, you know, it, it, it's a it's it's really kind of sad, and really, we should try to you know have compassion in our hearts for him, right? Um, because he he actually is, uh, and I really do think compassion is the key. It's not getting angrier about it. Right. I, I just heard something yesterday. They say you get angry, you're going to give yourself a heart attack. Just yeah. just say you know, give him a blessing and say, I hope you come to the light, my friend. You know, like you do, and, and you are a great example, and I appreciate what you do and what KPFT does. So thank you very much, Egberto. Thank you so kindly, Joni. Uh, I mean, you made my day really because. You know, sometimes we just have to break things down the way they are and why they treat this guy and give this guy the honor. I mean, because a guy that is so has accomplished so little that knows so little, all these things, but can acquire so much. That is what capitalism is. You look at all the billionaires. All of this was made on the backs of others. But somehow we have to learn to praise them because guess what? If we look underneath what's there. There's not much, but we'll talk about that another time. Joni, thank you for that call. Thank you. Have a great day. All right, Derek, come on in, my brother. Talk to me. Hey, good morning. You know, I, I agree exactly uh, with everything that Johnny said about you in this program, brother. I really do appreciate it. I appreciate it. you, sir. Thank you. And, and uh, thank you for saying that about uh, Cuba and bringing out the truth about Cuba and, and the United States involvement with destabilizing the economy. Because because don't don't you know, Berto, that that in the nation, the nation of Islam, did you know that, that many of our doctors actually uh go to Cuba for free uh yeah. free schooling for yes. and in Castro opened it up to all of the United States. But because of the government's feelings about Castro in that area, a lot of Americans don't even know it. And it was Cuba that offered to bring when, when, when they didn't have the coal down there, but the United States did, and they offered to come in here, and the government themselves turned it down. Look, let me tell you, they handle with 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 much less resources. Cuba, Panama, yeah. Angola, a lot of these places handled. Uh, COVID much better than we did with all the technology that we had. And one of the reasons why is for us, healing people didn't come first or saving people from getting sick didn't come first. What came first? If, if you notice, this is what what I, I used to drive me crazy during uh, 
Trump's last year of handling when COVID occurred to 2019, 2019, is that if you took a look at what he did, he waited till he lined up everybody who would profit from COVID to get involved you know, to uh, okay, I get all these business leaders that I got the payoff for all these leaders, and then we handle COVID. Of course, those those rich people, if they got sick, they could get the best health care that there was uh, for COVID at the time. But we made sure the financial infrastructure was set first. Even with the vaccine, everything was the financial infrastructure set first. How are we going to capitalize? on this pandemic that was settled first and then we worried about people uh, it's look mm-hmm. um when 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 we talk about the inhumaneness of our economic system just based on how it operates we don't build bridges or fix bridges because we can't find a way to capitalize it we don't drill right now there is a and I'm going to bring on the the uh, I I, I got to call him up today the guy that's running for a uh, railroad commission there is an explosion of salt water and grime coming out of old wells right now in 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 uh, I think it's uh, northwest Texas right now it's a 3 mile no fly zone okay yeah. 3 mile no fly zone you can't you can't fly your drone over that so you can bring that to Texans and show how good their TCEQ is working for them okay again yeah. brother when when Alan Elan talks about the media being bought up he's right that's why you have to support the organizations like the Texas Observer uh the KPFTs of the world the uh the 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 politics done right of the world when we come and say we work on meager budgets to get to get you truths that can uh, that that it doesn't empower you are all empowered already but what we do is we tell you, mm-hmm. hey, go empower yourself by doing X, Y, Z, because they're really clamping down on you right now. And this is not, oh, uh, Derek, we're not saying this stuff because we, 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 uh, you know, we don't like folks. We're saying yeah, this because like that's folks. just the way it is. Yes, yeah. yeah, that's true. Hey, the ugly side of all of this, and I'm gone, is that the American people need to open up their eyes and understand you live in a corporation. It's not a country. They tell you that in the Constitution. And the sad thing about it, too, is that you're really not treated as citizens. You're really nothing but collateral damage to the world. Thank you. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Let me tell you something, okay? What I, the reason I, you always hear me talk about loving people and throwing some love on folks, and I tell you why I do that. I mean, and I mean on everybody. Whoever you are, black, white, mm-hmm. blue, Asian, uh, 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 progressive, liberal, right wing, left wing. And let me tell you why. We are all in a game that we didn't create. OK, and we are all manipulated by the system and the system is on autopilot now. It was created and it's on autopilot and everybody thinks they're playing in this game. Even the racial part of this system is a game to control and it's you know we, we you, you look at your your white racist friend and you oh you're the no he's your friend brother let me tell you something he's a part he's in the game 
He's playing his part in the game. And we what we have to do is bust up the game. Anyway, thank you for calling in, Derek. Yeah. You're a great guy. Thank anyway, you. folks, uh, uh, it is important that we get it and why we should be loving on us all. Because ultimately, we are the ones that solve the problems. Look like we got one more call. Let's go to Alistair. Come on in, Alistair, my dear sister. Talk to me. Hey, good morning, brother. Good morning, Houston. Good morning, sis. Uh, who was it that just called? Derek. I, I don't. I, Derek. Derek made a very important point. We don't live in a country. We live in a in a corporation. Yes. And now, add to that. That's why there was such a huge push for Trump in the first election. Mm-hmm. Is because. You know, the whole drain the swamp thing? Yes, mm-hmm. drain the swamp of of politicians and governments and to do something new, like run a corporation. The sad thing is, Donald Trump has not ever been successful at running <laughs> a corporation. Alistair. But that's why Alistair. people it, was because, you know, good sales, good salesmen. Alistair, you nailed it. And I got to go where it's a hard stop. Now, thank you so kindly for calling in, sis. Yeah. Hey, guys, please go to politics. You too, beautiful. Go to politicsdoneright.com slash newsletter. We didn't cover any of the subjects today, brothers and sisters, but it's right there in the newsletter. Politicsdoneright.com slash newsletter. Please go there and you'll find all the, t- the four topics that we were going to discuss today. Let me throw it to, uh, to Jack real quick, and then we'll close this baby out. Well, uh, all I can say to that is uh, I pledge allegiance to the corporations of the United <laughs> Empire of America and to the economy for which it enslaves all people, demonizes and devalues them, and passes the profit to the elite 1% with punishment and tyranny for the poor. Slackers. Uh, slackers. Anyway, folks, thank you so kindly for listening. Love you callers. Love you listeners. My name is Egberto Willis. Thank you, Jack. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics and Right. And you guys know how I end this, baby. I am what? Out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.